Man, I have a lot of confidence in Mason. We've called on Mason in the past, and, and he's been able to play winning football for us. I think it's reasonable to expect that to, to, to not only continue but to improve. Uh, I know he clocks in here every day with an attitude geared toward getting better and being that guy when called upon. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the second hour of In the Locker Room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we are so gratified because it's that time of the week when we bring in the coach. We bring in Coach Tom Bradley. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Wolf. Hey, I got to tell you a little funny story, though, here to start the show. It's All right. Like this too. So I get a call from a friend of mine, and she said, you know, I waited on Craig Wolfley up here in Green Bay for dinner. I said, well, how do you know it was him? And she said, well, let, let me look what he ordered here. She said, fresh cheese curds, hand-battered and deep-fried <laughs> to a golden Christmas. Wait, 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 Wolf. With ranch and marinara on the side. She said, then he went to the bacon-wrapped chicken wings. Followed up by the cheddar and pepper bratwurst. I said, that was wolf. Absolutely. You know it, baby. I knew it was you. Them Green Bayers, they know how to eat. Let me tell you. They know how to cook. (laughs) Absolutely. Coach, it's good to have you in the locker room, my friend. One of the things I wanted to ask you, you you know, you you look at the Steelers sitting at one and three. Uh, obviously that's not where you want to be and you've got some questions. You got One of the things that the head coach has to do is represent that uh, calm in the midst of the storm and an understanding of keeping everybody kind of on an even keel. You've been a position coach, you've been a defensive coordinator, you've been a head coach. How do you go about making sure that everybody is upbeat, uh, doing what they need to do and, and staying, you know, you don't, you're not losing people? What's the message? Well, the message is simple. We're going to do what we do. I think if you start changing everything around, then the players sense panic. You guys both played at the right. high level, and you're looking around the room, and all of a sudden everything's getting different and changed, and all we're pushing the panic button. So you just want to just go, what is your what, is, what have you been doing? What has been successful for you over the years? What do the players understand best, okay? And then from there you just go because I look at it this way. One and three, we get the Steelers get the next two, you're three and three, and you get an off week. And everything, and who knows what can happen from there. Uh, I certainly think this game, you know, with Denver will be a heck of a game. I think Denver's statistically got a really, really good defense, and you guys know their players, and um, they're good. Uh, I mean, so are the Steelers good. So it'll be a good game. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Coach Bradley, I mean, you know, we kind of dove a little bit into the statistics and looking at what makes it. I mean, what have you seen from Denver's defensive line that allows them to get that pressure uh, on opposing quarterbacks? You know, we talked about it. They got Lamar Jackson down three times, um, which is a tough well, task to do. What what makes them good? Two words, Vaughn Miller. Okay. Touche, <laughs> 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 okay, and, and, touche. And Patrick Sertan on the back end, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've actually got to see Patrick in high school uh, and went down to evaluate him. And, and I'm not kidding you guys. It, it only took like two plays. You know, well, he's, he's a heck of a football player. So they've, you know, Cal Fuller is a good player in the back and they've got a good back end. Uh, you know, I really, uh, really like AJ Johnson and, and, and Kareem Jackson. They're good football players. So I think, you know, that's, that's some of the stuff that's going on, but I think it all starts with Vaughn Miller. 
coach, when when you see a, a nogginated, uh, you know, um, Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he took a, a whale of a hit from uh, the uh, Owe, Adafi Owe, something. I can't can't pronounce his name right. But anyhow, nice try, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. He plays for the Ravens. He's a Ravenite, okay? So he came along and he nogginated Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I'm sitting there, and, and now they're talking about, well, he was in the weight room yesterday. They, they're anticipating maybe he might practice today. I don't know, man. That Taking a lick like he took, and it, it's obvious that uh, you know part of the discussion is he's not had a history of concussions, but – that lick was pretty severe. I, I, would you expect to see him in the, you know, in the saddle there on Sunday? I, I do not expect to see Drew Locke. You expect to see Drew Locke? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. I was wondering because you know I, I know you got to prepare for Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy's an accurate thrower. Doesn't put the ball in jeopardy. He was what five TDs, no interceptions. He was completing up till. The Ravens game, he had been completing at a 75% completion percentage. So that's the extent of my, uh, you know, math mathematics with it. But, you know, the fact is, <laughs> the, you know, all this stuff is is preemptive and saying, you know, uh, it just seems to me that you're, you're not going to risk a player like that coming off a hit like that uh, that soon. No, I, I don't think they do. It's a long season, Wolf, as you know, and you and Max have been through it. You know, it's a long season, so – you know, you, you maybe you shut him down this week, and then you can have him for a couple more weeks coming up. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that that that's what I would think, and you know the opportunities that do present themselves, I think you have to, you know, preserve him because Teddy has done a great job this year as far as leading this team to a three and one record, three and zero as a starter gets knocked out. They lose that game against Baltimore, but his record stays intact. Um, what have you seen from from Denver's offense as far as the the two running back, the two headed attack they have, Javante Williams, the rookie, and Melvin Melvin Gordon, the second? I mean, what what has this offensive line done well um, offensively to allow them to be able to run? Like, what have you seen from the Denver offense? Well, what I've watched them do is that, that, that offensive line coming off the ball well. I think these two backs know how to get downhill. You know, if you watch them run the ball, the shoulders are square, not nothing fancy really. You know, they're just going to keep plowing ahead there. And I, and I think it's a, you know, the, the pass game is obviously not what they want to be doing. They're, they're a run team. Um, you know, we all know who, they're, who, who coaches their offensive line. Okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Been around Munch for a long time. Had you know, got to play with him at Penn State, and then got to work with him with the Steelers. And and you know, when you any time you're around Munch, they're going. Everybody's around him knows that he's going to run that football. You know, I watch them, and you know, they they do the normal zone stuff and everything else. But they battle well. And the thing that I was impressed was Melvin Gordon looks like he is still playing like a youngster. I mean, he's like seven, eight years in the league or something. But this guy here, he could find a crack in a steel wall. Yeah, but if you watch Munch all those years, I mean, do you see much difference, you know? In, yeah, uh, in no. Technique, very similar, right? Yes, absolutely. There's there's congruency and continuity in the way he teaches. One of the things I've always thought about Munch and, and, and appreciated about him, and you pro- I have a much greater insight as to how he does it, um, is his development of the young guys moving them along. You know what I mean? He'll take yep. guys, average guys, and make them – uh, respectable backups and take respectable backups and make them respectable starters. And the, the the very good guys, he'll make even greater. 
Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more, you know, just having been around him all these years. Like, uh, but, you know, you watch him play and you watch the technique and you, you watch how those guys operate. And, and it's, it's I, I guess I could say, very Munch-like, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, the other thing, let me ask you this, too, because one of the things I think that Najee Harris, and uh, Max, you can chime in on this, too, because I think, uh, you know, opinions all matter in this stuff, is I would love to see more of a screen game with him. You know, and to do that, I know that you've got to be able to uh, fool the defense. And what gives the greatest problem to a defensive coordinator when you've got a good screen game going on out there? Well, one of the things is, you know, it slows down that pass rush just a little bit, okay? You know, you start going and going, and they set it up, and, and it can create problems. Unless, you know, one of the great things, though, it, it really, the screen game, versus a fire zone team like the Steelers do a lot or have they'll start to do again I imagine soon is you know you start hugging up those backs and take away that screen game but if you start playing a lot of zone and you're dropping and then they dump it off and get a guy like Najee in the open field who who I think Najee is just a heck of a football player and just gonna keep getting better and better yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, you see the touches that he gives from week to week. I mean, he's up there in the high 20s, a good mix between run and pass. That would be a nice third element to add into it um, where he's actually getting the ball and having the blockers in front of him as opposed to trying to make a guy miss. Um, you know, Coach Bradley, when, when you evaluate just kind of the defense, I mean, obviously it hasn't been where we where we've expected it to and and where, you know, they're normally – they hold their standard too, but injuries has been an issue, and injuries continue to be an issue. Um, you know, Cam Sutton missing practice yesterday um, with with a leg injury. Just where do you see the development of the of the younger guys behind him, the Adam Lanes, the James Pierres, and Trey Norwoods? How do you, how do you, how do you assess and, and look at their, their maturation throughout this season? Well, just watching them, I think what's what's happening is they're getting more reps than they anticipated at this time. You know, because of the injuries, I, I think this defense, you know, we if they get everybody back, um, you know, can be a very talented group. Um, I, I think I think it starts with getting to it back. You know, you had TJ gone for a while. When you lost Alua Lua, that hurts you there because he's a force. Okay. Uh, the, the back end is really solid. Uh, Coach Austin does a great job with those guys, mm. and they're always ready to play. Uh, you know, I think they're looking for Justin Lane now to get maturation. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's going to start to come. We've got to get healthy and, and go from there. You know, one of the things I saw, Coach, on, on film that really, I, if you have you seen any of the Ravens, watching any of the Ravens film uh, of late? And, I have not. Okay. One of the things that I find fascinating is their ability to use Patrick Ricard, who is, uh, you know, he's about 300 pounds. He's a fullback, H-back. He's played nose tackle, too. Um, but they use him as, as like a pulling guard. And I, I don't recall ever seeing some of the things they'll do. They'll use him as, a you know, the obvious lead guy in an ISO, you know, as a running back. They'll use him as a trailer or a, a lead guy on the counter tray. But also, on the backside, no, you know how you normally have a slip technique between the center and, and offside guard and try to slip the, the nose tackle to the upside backer, you know? And yeah. they use they use Ricard as, as, a, as a guard to pick up the, the guy that the center leaves behind. 
You know, I, I've never seen that before, to my knowledge. But I, I find that kind of unusual. But it says to me, when you go with 12 pers- or I'm sorry, 21 personnel, it's a different way of being able to create some opportunities for your running game. Well, I'm surprised you said that because isn't that how they used you in high school? Wasn't it very similar? <laughs> well, when I played, I, I got to play fullback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the whole thing. I, okay, here, here, here's the deal. So Max knows this hey, Max, story. Max, I got him going. Max. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. My right junior in. year, I told my head coach, I'm a fullback. He said, no, you're a lineman. I said, no, I'm a fullback. He said, all right, here's the deal. You're a fullback until you carry the ball and you fumble. The next play, you're on the offensive line. Well, he was true to his word. Uh, I fumbled. <laughs> the next play, I was on the offensive <laughs> So that that was my career. But that's exactly it, Tom. You're exactly right. I was nothing but a, a third pulling guard uh, as a fullback, and certainly it was a promotion to guard. Let me t- say it, put it that way. <laughs> that's for sure. But you're oh, right. There's gosh. a lot of different ways. I think it's a good way to use personnel, as you know, you know, based on you know what his skill set is. And so it's just another way to get it done. And, and you guys know there's a lot of ways to do it. There's, there isn't just one way. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Oh my gosh, Coach Bradley, you you always know a way to to get Wolf to tell. Oh, this is ridiculous, embarrassing on. stories. This is awesome. This is awesome. I mean, I would never. I mean, I played fullback too. You, Max, can you imagine Max, Tom? Huh? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness! I can't hey. wait to you and Max square off in basketball. Max, I got you. I'm with you all the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> Do you know how bad I know. I I know you know how to play hoops, Wolf. Uh, not yeah. so much. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I'd go in and I'd uh, you go for a layup and it clangs out to half court. You know, your touch is a little off. You know, just a smidge. <laughs> but let me, hey Tom, Tom, let me just defend myself a little of this. We used to play fat man basketball too. You had to be two seventy five and above, and we used to play the wrestlers. If you want to see some really lousy basketball players, it's the wrestling team, man. Those guys back in the day. You want to talk about having no touch and the fact they looked hilarious running around on the court with their wrestling shoes on. They look like little elves. <laughs> Just a little something to I'm, throw a little so, picture I'm there. So mad, I'm so mad at the visual. I'm so mad at the visual right now. Uh, All right. But, Tom, the biggest thing, what's the biggest thing, the one thing you would, you'd say that the Steelers need to accomplish this weekend besides the obvious, which would be getting a win or scoring more points, but the one thing you might say was, was important for them to do either offensively or defensively? I think the, the one stat that they, that they pride themselves in, the Pittsburgh Steelers, is get off the field on third down. You get an opportunity mm. to get off the field, they got to get off the field. I don't think it's for them in any way. I think last week was 9 for 15, and that's not Steeler defense. And then they, as much as Coach Tomlin preaches that we get an opportunity to get off the field, let's get off the field. And I think that's the part that will really be important this week is getting off and getting that ball back to your offense. Excellent. Thank you so much, Coach. I Thank appreciate you. you coming in, Tom. All right. Hey, hey, Thanks, Bradley. Yes. That's a true story. They did call me about what you ate up there, so I know. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? All right. Thanks so much, brother. Appreciate you. That, of course, was Tom Bradley, the coach, and we appreciate him checking in the locker room. All right. We'll be back with more. The number 412-919-1316. We got uh, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room. 
Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Forget it. Yeah, Jerry Dulac coming up. Thank you. One of the ninjas just jumped in <laughs> and gave me a karate kick to the head. All right, Jerry Dulac coming up next. Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. And of course, when you hear that music, it's the cool breeze. And that can only mean that the great Jerry Dulac has just entered the locker room and shut the doors, Jerry, because there's a breeze flowing through. <laughs> of course, Jerry, brought to you by William Penn Tavern, Shady Side, $8 Bud Light, 60 ounce. Pitchers for all Steelers games. Jerry, how you doing, my friend? Well, to quote our friend uh, Tunch, good morning, my dear football turn media friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, am, I am fine, Wolf. Thank you for asking. Well, it's very good to have you in the locker room. And, Jerry, of course, one of the things that um, I hey, – let me ask you something. I never asked you this. Did you always write for the Post? Well, no, Wolf, I actually, you know, when I got out of college, I actually uh, started it in my hometown paper, which is McKeesport Daily News. And, and uh, after a couple of years there, um, I moved on. I was hired in Pittsburgh at the press. And then I worked at the press until the newspaper strike in 92. Ah. Uh, and then it, then it became a one-paper town, which was the Post-Gazette. And then the Post-Gazette took me on, and uh, I have been there since. That's right. And That's I have... I have basically covered the Steelers full time uh, since that last year at the press. Maybe that's why it collapsed. <laughs> Bill, Co- Bill Cowher's first year was really the first year where I was around them full time. Now, I, I, I was at the fourth Super Bowl, at, you know, at the Rose Bowl as a young kid when I worked at McKeesport. Um, uh. How far back I go but on it where I've been around the team on a regular basis because I did a lot of NFL wide stuff at the prior to that. I was in other cities at other big games covering stuff back when a newspaper spent money to do such a thing. Uh-huh. Uh, then, like I said, Bill Cowher's first year was really the first year where I was, um, uh, where I was uh, going to go everywhere with the Steelers and be around them. Very good. Okay. I always want, for some reason, I, it, it just occurred to me, which is, you know, whenever Tunch was, was with me, you know, Tunch would be going, all right, where are you going with that again? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it just it just pops into your head, and that's boom. It's like my wife says. She goes, sometimes thoughts go from my brain to my mouth like a gumball machine. You know, you put a quarter in, well, boom. As, you know. As you know, Wolf, uh, uh, Tunch and I shared a, a, an affinity or a, certainly a relationship with McKeesport because that was like where I grew up. And that's where Tunch actually lived for uh, a little, a short while when he first came to town with his friend and ours, Jerry Glusick, who he used to call me by mistake. He would lapse into calling me Jerry, Jerry Glusick from time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, see, this is, this is what you're going to inherit, Max. I mean, you know, the madness that comes with yeah. being in the locker room. It's all part of the show. Right. 
That's right. That's all right. democracy. All democracy. You get it from all sides. <laughs> you, ne- you never, you never Max- judge the journey. You're just happy the guy's in there with you. <laughs> Max, has it cooled down in Arizona yet? Uh, you know what? I, I would like to say that we are at a high of 88. It's 72 right now, so it is dropping below. We've seen consistent days below the 90s, so that is that is oh, always a good day. Go. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's getting absolutely. chilly. Getting chilly out here. Getting chilly. <laughs> yeah, you better you better get a sweater or something. It's only going to be 88. <laughs> yeah. Now, Jerry, did you get a chance to listen in on any of the coordinators? Yeah, I did, and it's always entertaining when you listen to Butts, you know, because it's become like every time he says "Dad Gum" now, Wolf, right? He like stops and points his finger like it's a drinking game, you know. <laughs> Dad Gum, so whenever he does it, I pretend like to do a little shooter, you know. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Uh, and 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 Matt Canada uh, certainly not as uh, revealing or enlightening, and I'm not I'm not saying that uh, journalistically complaining. It's just that. He's just not going to answer any question, and he just basically sits there and takes the blame. If it's a particular call or this or that, if it's a call, it didn't work, that's on me. And if it's just something, uh, you know, philosophically, it's that we have to do it better. And so you don't you don't glean a lot from, from Matt, and uh, that's the way he chooses to approach it. And, again, I'm not complaining uh, because my feeling is, Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to say anything. That's up to, you know, I, it's, that's your choice. I don't care. Let uh, me, but uh, it's not it's not very revealing or forthcoming. That's for sure. Let me ask you this, you know, because everybody's talking about, oh, maybe changing the quarterback or changing this or that. And Max made a good point the other day, and he said, you know, why didn't they think about moving uh, Matt down to the field? If, if Ben feels it's really beneficial, why not just try it? Because it's not something that was is earth shattering. It's not like replacing a player. You're just moving a, co- a coach from the booth down to the field. Is there yeah, been I, any conversation I, there? I uh, I don't know if there has been. I agree with Max 100 percent because it's not a huge issue. Maybe Matt Canada thinks it is because he's always done it. I'm not sure, but it apparently is a big issue to Ben because um, he's remarked about it several times. And that's what he's accustomed to, having his coordinator uh, on the field. And, and I will point this up, fellas, and I don't know if you noticed this the other day in Green Bay when the Steelers called a timeout. Um, ben didn't even bother going over to the sidelines. I think it was in the fourth quarter, maybe been in the third quarter, but it was definitely in the second half, but I think it was the fourth quarter. And they called a timeout. Now, granted, it was a 30-second timeout, but, but, but Sully, uh, Mike Solomon started coming on the field. Uh, to talk to Ben, Ben just stayed in the huddle because, or you know, because he figured he likes to talk to the coordinators. Nothing against Mike Sullivan; he likes Mike Sullivan, uh, but he wants to be able to talk to the coordinator real quickly, or certainly yell back and forth to him on the field in a short amount of time. And he didn't even bother going over, and that mm. typically wouldn't strike me as as odd, other than the fact knowing that Ben would prefer his coordinator to be on the field. Uh, that kind of resonated with me. Yeah, no, I mean that that that's something that I think when you look at it, it, it it's a valid point and it's something that needs to be monitored because I think when you have someone when it's their offense versus somebody who's taking orders for the offense, right? You know, nothing against Sullivan at all, but it's not Sully's offense. And if Ben sees something or wants to relay kind of what he's thinking and have that back and forth with the coordinator to kind of go back and forth. 
that's meaningful time. But if you're going and talking to Sully and then Sully's trying to relay to Matt, Matt's trying to relay back to Sully to then tell Ben, like you've lost that time. That conversation is not meaningful in 30 seconds. So, you know, who knows if, like you said, if Canada doesn't like to answer questions, you know, outside of, you know, coach speak, I don't know if that's even something that we'll see, if he'll make that adjustment. But I, I think at this point, wouldn't you agree, that when you're at this point in the when the offense is sputtering, it's not looking great. They can't garner more than twenty points. Um, wouldn't you think that? Hey, I just want to try something different. I mean, absolutely, absolutely, Max. And uh, you know, I'll go back to 2012 when Todd Haley came in, and you know, coming off a 12 and four season when they, you know would not renew Bruce Arians' contract wrongly. And as it turns out, you see what kind of coach Bruce is. Look, they knew that. Mike Tomlin wanted to keep him. The, the top of the organization wanted to move on from him. And they brought Todd in, and Ben and Todd did not get along. But eventually, after, you know, we know that late in the season, Ben started ripping Haley's play calls his first year, which I think eventually is going to happen here. Um, uh, they, but Todd eventually gave in a little bit and came to some common ground with Ben. Maybe not that year because that was late in the year when Ben complained. It was in Dallas. Uh, I think that was like week, it was like the 14th game. Uh, in fact, it was the 14th game. And But eventually, Todd gave a little and they came to some kind of happy medium. Now, a little different situation because Ben was 30 years old then and was going to be around for five, six, seven, as it turns out, nine more years. Well, that's not the case here. He's not going to be around probably more than this year. And and I don't know if the Steelers are going to change with what they do because they brought Matt Cannon in. And look, but I mean, the the, the being up on the, in the in the box, uh, getting getting away from the no huddle and just using the two minute offense, calling the plays, not letting Ben audible and what Mike Tomlin calls those weighty moments, which are critical situations, which is when you would think you would rely on your 18-year veteran who's been to three Super Bowls and won two as opposed to a coordinator who's in his first year uh, in the NFL and just his second year coaching in the NFL. So, But it's, it's apparent this is the way they're going to go, and I'm not sure there's going to be any bending or happy medium. Uh, there should be, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and bet on it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's, that's one of the things you would think that it being only less than a year now um, that you would have to do that for a concession. You would think that you'd be more amenable to it in the short term and then get back to your philosophy next year. Um, if there is a next year, because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, if you're Matt Canada, I mean, where is your security? Because if you're not showing this and, and your last showing is with Ben and it didn't work and you didn't compromise, I mean, how does that bode well for him going into next year if this offense looks like a shell of what, you know, it was the year before with Randy Finkner. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Max. I mean, he has a, he has a resume and a reputation too. And you would think, uh, you know, you certainly want it to look better and work better than it has these first four games. And if it requires you to do something differently, I mean, um, you know, then, then so be it. You think they would. And again, you know, you're talking about a guy, you're not talking about a guy who's just bounced around the league. You're talking about Ben Roethlisberger, a first ballot hall of famer, you know, who's one, as I said, one, two Super Bowls, taking them to three. Wouldn't you want to rely on him a little bit more? And of course, fellas, 
we can turn this all the way back to the off season and, <laughs> and, you know, what happened then in terms of, you know, coming to some understanding of bringing Ben back, you know, the Steelers gave him a checklist. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Matt's going to do this. Matt's going to do that. Well, you're not going to have these guys. We're going to have these new guys. Do you sure you want to come back? Basically, basically is what they said to him. And, yeah. and, you know, yeah, he wanted to come back. So it's kind of like, okay, this is, you know, Ben at the time felt like, you know, he certainly didn't say publicly, but he felt at the time like the Steelers were try, wanted him to make up their minds for them by saying, by them laying out this, this, this plan, this checklist, and, and, you know, almost like waiting for him to say, hey, you know what, forget it, fellas. I, I don't like that. I'm not coming back. And they would have said, okay, thanks. We'll have a retirement party for you. See you later. Um, so, you know, and it's kind of like this was spelled out to him and that was fine for him, but that doesn't mean what your plan was is working. Okay. And it's only four games. We're not, you know, technically not even a quarter of the season yet. And there's 13 games left and Hey, these things could change. I mean, they were one and three, two years ago, and nobody, nobody thought they would win eight of the next 10 games with Mason Rudolph and Doc Hodges. So, I mean, as you guys know, it's, it's, it can be turned around um but I, I i mean they have to do something a little bit differently here because what they've been doing so far for um you know 14 of the 16 quarters isn't working now that's true uh, that's very much for sure but you know at the same matter i'm sure that you guys have been peppering you know or the questions have been peppering matt about is he going to change anything as far as some of the schematics or try to go with a different personnel grouping because they're, they're 11 personnel, you know, where they got the three wide and everything. That's primarily what they do. They're over, what, 70, 75% running that grouping, maybe even as close as to 80. Um, I was just wondering yeah. if there's been any talk of a, a 12 personnel, 21, you know, where they go two backs, one, or or even, you know, you see some in some of the NFL, and it constricts you, Max, Max and I have been talking about, a 13 personnel where they go three tight ends, you know. But I just wonder right. if anything to shake things up. Yeah, we've seen the three tight ends, one or two plays. Well, uh, you know, where they've been using Zach Gentry a little bit more, but not not very often, to, to your point. And, hey, Wolf, if they are, we certainly wouldn't know uh, from Matt Canada because he's just not going to <laughs> talk about or reveal anything he's either thinking or what has transpired other than he, he just, you know, he falls on the sword and, and takes takes the blame for everything. So, um, but... Look, I, I'm in agreement. They, they, you know, there's going to have to be some amount of uh, a concession here on, on, uh, you know, both sides. But let's face it, Ben's ability to be the quarterback he was, whether people want to agree with it or not, that has been, you know, that has been neutered. His, his, his duties, his responsibilities, his ability to run the offense has been taken away from him, uh, especially in key situations. Um, and that's the way they want it. My Mike Tomlin said as much the other day. And mm. um, I don't know. So far, you know what? It's not working. I hear you. Well, thank you so much for checking in the locker room, Jerry. We appreciate you. Appreciate it. Each Jerry. and every week. You know that. All right. All right, All right boys. I will see you um, Sunday at the ball yard. And, and Max, try and stay warm out there in those cooling temperatures. <laughs> yes, I, I'll do my best. Make sure I don't get catch. Cold. I'll see you, boys. All right, thanks, Jerry. Brought to you, Jerry, is brought to you by William Penn Tavern, Shadyside, $8 Bud Light, 60-ounce pitchers for all Steelers games. We'll be back with the wrap-up right after this.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, Tom Petty Wednesday or Thursday. It's Tom Petty Thursday. See, I'm all screwed up still. You know that one day yeah. of traveling back just makes you all like just messed in the head, you know? Yeah, discombobulated, right? Discombobulated. You know. That's the technical term for Yes, yes. Yeah, because, I mean, you're like, hey, listen, no, it's only Wednesday. It's only my third day on. But it's like, no, 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 fourth day of the week. We got we got, we got to get it in, get it done. That's and, right. Uh, yes, the Gainesville native. <laughs> Go Gators. Go Gators. All right. Gators. Well, one of the things we got to do is we got to cover the injury report, my friend. So what jumps out yes, at you? Do. Well, what jumps out at me uh, when I'm looking on the Denver side of things, I think when you see – Passertain kind of with that chest. I mean, you heard what Coach Bradley said earlier. Right. Just about the difference he makes on the back end. So monitoring that from the cornerback position um, is going to be something I think I'm going to be watching. Um, the back by Baron Browning as well, the inside backer for him, uh, being limited. Anytime you got a back, you know that's not a good sign. Um, and then also, I mean, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is the biggest one. Um, with that concussion word next to his injury report. I just right. I don't see how he can play. Um, and I think you have a better shot at success, especially if Drew Locke plays in that game. And then Melvin Gordon, lower leg. Um, those are probably the ones that jump out the biggest right. to me uh, of everybody on that list that they have. And they have a lot on that list, by the way. By the, you're right. I counted 13. You know, and again, my mathematics yeah. are always challenged. But the fact is it's right here in front of me. And yeah, Zooks, you're talking about 13 people. What are they doing up there in the Rocky Mountains? I mean, are they putting the well, full pads on and going at it or what? Well, two of them are rest, so it's technically 11, right? Von Miller and okay. Bobby Massey are both uh, NIR rest. So they were given rest because they're old folks. Um, we didn't get those back in our day. You no. get the mandatory rest day. Um, so, so those are Wait two a minute, you them. never so got a rest day? A, a, uh, a Veteran's Day off? Now. I got one vet day off during training camp. Uh, I never got one in season. I never got an in season. We got those mandatory vet days during training camp. That was it. Okay. See, I practiced every day. I was. I was. It's, it's like I always said. You know, a Veteran's <laughs> Day off in my day was getting cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, you never that's... want that. One. You got plenty of time after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it's as we always used to say. It was the only thing worse than two a days was none a days. You know. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly so. All right. But I look at him and I think, yeah, you know, it's interesting to me uh, when you see the Teddy Bridgewater and they're talking about him possibly being able to regroup. And I don't know, you got to see the nogginologist and they got to put you through all the, the tests and everything else that you got to do. Um, but I, I just don't see him, you know, being able to recoup that fast. And it's a, a long season. And you want to make sure that uh, this cat is not suffering any ill effects or residual effects. From taking one, you know, I mean, you don't want to be like me where, you know, I'm as, as the Doc Bradley used to kid me. Uh, I think he was kidding. He said, you are the longest currently running concussion protocol guy in the history of the NFL. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the but, Bradley's never leave you alone, whether it's Doc or, or, or Scrap. Yes, they, yeah. I know. They're always they're on you. But, you know, yeah. you look at this and you take a look at the Steelers. Um, here's the thing that, that I wonder with, with Ben, which hip is it? Have you ever had a hip injury? Uh, I, ha I have had a, a hip injury, not quite a hip pointer, thank goodness. Oh, but I, had I, I have had, had a hip joint, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've you know, that feels like you're shredding your hip. You're, I mean, 
That is the yeah. worst injury. <clears throat> and by the way, it was really funny because back in the day, Chuck would get all upset. If you didn't wear thigh boards, knee pads, and hip pads, Chuck would be all over you if he caught you, right? So I yeah. didn't wear hip pads. You know, you just wear the thigh and knee. And uh, I got this Look hip at pointer. You being futuristic. <laughs> What's right that? There. Oh yeah. Style nouveau. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't even find hip pads now. I know. Like, I know. There's no hip pad present. I mean, I wore hip pads up until I got to the league. Yeah. And remember, remember the old school ones where you had to loop your belt through them. Right. And they, like stuck right. out the sides. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, th- those were the ones that I was accustomed to all the way till I got to the league, and I'm like, where are the hip pads? Like, what hip pads? Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the. Pro- part of the uniform no it's not do you want to wear hip pads i'm like whoa 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 nobody else is wearing hip pads i'm not wearing hip pads uh but yeah but I, it was just crazy to me that you don't protect those hips anymore with uh with padding oh you protect man. everywhere else rib yep. guards you know shoulder slings and gator cuffs and every type of you know thigh board the thigh boards are getting small and, and people don't even want to wear knee pads i'm like where is all the uniform equipment I'm like, and you wonder why guys are getting injured. Yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> you know, you you can you you know the the thigh the hip pads were just kind of uh, I don't know they just they bothered me, you know what I mean? Uh, the the uh, thigh and the knee. Yeah, yeah, I mean it just well they were always moving too, you know. Cause I don't know. It seemed like yeah. sometimes they're like they move around to the front, they move around to the back, and you're like going, I'm trying to put Let's the go. stupid hip pads back where they're supposed to be. But I that, that's the belt ones. You need the girdle <laughs> one where you tuck it into the sides, right? You know, you tuck it in. We don't we don't want to wear no stinking shorts. girdles, you know. Who wants who <laughs> wants a stinking girdle? Nobody wants a stinking girdle. So I get a hit pointer right against Seattle one time. And I'm sitting on the bench and I I'm out. I I mean, it was just unbelievable. You take a hip like that, a hit to the hip. Yeah. So anyhow, Parisi, Tony Parisi, our equipment manager, he comes along and he goes, "Put these, hurry up, put these in your hip pads, you know, or these these knee pads in your in your pants, like his hip pads." So I stick them in there, right? No sooner do I get done putting them in than Chuck Saunders down around the bench and t- he's looking at me. I knew exactly what he was looking for. He was looking to see if I was wearing hip pads. So Parisi <laughs> saved me from, from uh, being in the doghouse <laughs> because of the fact that he stuck me a pair of knee pads, which I subbed as hip pads. So there you there, go. There you go. Let's see, exactly. You, you got you to got, you fake it. got to fake it till you make it. Um, but, I mean, I think – but that isn't that one of the craziest things? Like it's like you you'd rather rather not have to do it because, like you said, it's an annoyance. It's a thing. But then when when you that one time you do need it, it's oh, like yeah. insurance, right? You're like, why do I keep paying insurance? Well, when that one time happens that you need that insurance <laughs> for a medical room cost or whatever, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I had insurance. Now you're like, oh gosh, I didn't want to wear hip pads, but boom, put these in. Thank God I had hip pads here, or else I would <laughs> never heard the end of it. There's no doubt about it. So I look at, but I, I'm looking at the injury report here, and one guy that uh, okay, Chooks is up. So if Chooks yeah, is up, that, that's that's good. That's good. Okay, and full go, full go. Too, He's a full limited. go. Now I'm so wondering where Zach Banner because Mike Tomlin used a, a an interesting word when he described Zach Banner, and he's in week two of the three weeks that. Uh, the, the the window that they have before they got to make a decision on him. But, you know, Mike referred to Zach and said, we're going to infuse him into the offense. Um, and the, using the word infuse, to me, it, it connotates in a way the, the possibility that they might activate him and use him as that power tight end, the jumbo tight end before. Jumbo. He, yeah. I, I, to me, I think that's a good idea. 
You know, because yeah. you could you could you could get that big old boy out there rolling around and and doing a lot of damage the way he did a couple of years ago. Well, and think about how the edges are now secured when Zach Vander's in there. Oh yeah, on a run game. Yeah, you don't get that leakage on the front side. If Najee wants to bounce it, he will bounce it. You know, outside zone looks a lot less daunting. Um, having an extra time, and think about this: two weeks ago, that's what Cincinnati did against us. And why Joe Mixon was able to run so well, they brought in Isaiah Good Prince, their, their, their extra tackle, and ran jumbo a number of times in the run game. So it's something that if you're doing self-scouting and looking at it, like what did the opponent do well against us and how can we utilize some of their tactics in our favor, right? And that, that's where the self-scout comes in. So you look at that and you say that's a possibility to have Zach Banner in as the jumbo tight end and be able to run more of those outside zone schemes to create more running lanes or at least one extra big body out there walling off so that Najee can either dodge behind him or run off his butt to get some extra yardage. And I'll tell you something. Uh, when you take a look at the film of, of Zach playing that power tight end, when he comes off the ball, man, gets off, he, he, get, he gets on one of those, those uh, diminutive linebackers which, uh, you know, I mean, anytime you're as big as Zach, everybody's diminutive next to you. You knew that feeling because you were that guy, you know, for the longest yeah. time. And so for, for us, for the Steelers, that would be just primo, I think. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and here's the other thing. With the injury to the ACL, guess what? Guess what you don't have to second guess? What's that? Going forward, Wolf. Oh, yeah. You don't have to second guess going no. forward. Going so forward is good. When it's run game, that's where you're like, mm, I'm in my wheelhouse. Yep. I'm in my bag right now. Let's go demolish and, and deplore. De, de, <laughs> I don't even know what I was about to say. Anyway, demolish right. a guy and smash him. That's what it was. That's and it. Smash a guy going forward versus going back, not trusting the hinging motion uh, yeah. of, sit, of sticking on yeah. a pass pro set. I, I think that's a perfect way to get the comfort level for Zach. Get him eased into, like you said, infused into this offense to where he can get into a rhythm as well and also test his own ability with that knee and start to trust that knee that much more so that when you get later in the season, if there's an opportunity where you're going to infuse him back into uh, a tackle position and get him into the full game plan, at least he's had these reps to really work on contact, turning, moving, twisting right. that knee and feeling comfortable well you know infuse is the big word i think i'm about to go infuse myself with a five guys burger and shake something like that okay how okay, about you do the same using water i was going to infuse <laughs> my water with a flavor but okay that's good okay. infusing cheeseburgers into your body yeah all right max thank you so much for joining me in the locker room as you always do and we'll be back tomorrow with more folks thank you for coming along and, and sitting and riding with us here we appreciate you so much and uh we'll talk to you tomorrow as my dad always used to say hey muttonhead pass the ketchup i'll see you later bye-bye